Hey, everybody. I'm John Small. And I'm Dan Bova. And from the Entrepreneur Media Podcast Network, this is Dirty Money. Investigators have called it one of the biggest corruption cases ever. You're one of the greatest con men of all time. You're the daddy of them all. But what does it take to be a good con man? I'm not guilty. You're the one who's guilty. Hey, Dan. Hello. How are you? How you doing? Good. I'm good. It is so good to see your smiling face. It is. And it's, it breaks my heart that people listening to this show can't see our smiling faces. But we assure you that despite the, the gravity and the horror of what we talk about, we're smiling. From coast to coast, because I am on the West Coast and Dan is on the East Coast. And we get together every other week for these very provocative uh, podcast episodes. And uh, this one is, oof, Dan, just from what you told me initially, this one is, this one's going to be interesting. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's very interesting. You know, God, it seems like everyone's just, I know this is nothing new. I'm sure the first caveman tried to swindle the other caveman out of his uh, club or something. But uh, <laughs> man, people, people are so busy ripping each other off. It's incredible. I know. I don't know if it's just because we started doing this podcast that I become so much more aware of all the cons and schemes and scams in the world, but it just seems like there's just so much terrible stuff going on. There's so many, <laughs> like, can you trust anybody anymore? I don't know. You know, I feel like a daily struggle that I'm, I'm, uh, swindling myself every time I use my credit card. I'm like, yeah, I could pay for this. It's no problem. But anyway, enough about me and my uh, Uber Eats purchases. John, have you ever heard of something called SIM swapping? Pardon me? Uh, SIM swapping. I, uh, I know that sounds like something that might happen late night at a 1970s suburbanite party, <laughs> but it's it's not that, but it's actually dirtier than whatever vision you have in your head. And I'm sorry if you're now picturing your neighbors uh, from that era of your life. Yeah, I'm picturing my neighbors sim swapping is not something that I want to dwell on. So let's <laughs> let's move on. Yeah. Well, I had never actually heard of sim swapping. Um but I did learn about it and uh, how it led to a $24 million crypto heist. Hmm. And I learned about it thanks to an incredible story that I read in Business Week that was uh, written by Margie Murphy and Drake Bennett. I'm going to go through you know, the story that they unwound there, but I would definitely encourage anyone to, uh, to click on that and, and check out the full story because... There's a lot of twists and turns. I'm not going to give you every single detail or else we'd be here for four hours. And I know you love the sound of my voice, John, but that that's a long time. Well, you had me at sim swapping. So I am I am awaiting with bated breath your next few words and super intrigued by this story. So what what are we talking about here? What, what's what's the big deal? OK, so here we go. So there's this guy. His name is Michael Turpin. Uh, he's in his 60s. He's a multimillionaire. He made tons of money as a public relations consultant during the dot-com era. And then later in life, uh, rather than just sit back with his millions, he becomes a professional crypto promoter, which means he's offering his services to the creators of new coins and exchanges 
and taking payments in their tokens and making stupid, stupid amounts of money doing so. But don't don't uh, mistake the tone of my voice. He's not the bad guy here. Oh, um, yeah. So, okay, so this is back in 2018. So uh, Turpin and his wife are hanging out at in Las Vegas. They're at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, and he gets an alert from Google that a new device has been added to his account. Mm. So he freaks out right away because this has happened before and he knows he is being actively hacked in this moment. So his wife calls AT&T, and uh, if you've ever tried to call a service provider of any kind, John, uh, you're probably not going to be shocked to learn that she kept getting bounced around to different departments, and she was put on hold. And it all the while, she's saying, there is a crime going on right now. It's happening right now. She keeps getting bounced around. It took over an hour before uh, AT&T finally boots the, the hacker's off of this um, uh, falsely added device. And in that short time, the hackers got into several of Turpin's uh, crypto wallets. He said he had about 50 at the time, and they cleaned him out of $24 million in coins. That's a lot of coin, as they like to say. What happened? They cleaned this guy out? How did they do this? How did they get, how did they do it? So, so this is where the whole SIM swapping thing I was talking about comes in. So here is how it works in very, very basic terms. So everyone knows your phone has a SIM card uh, and SIM stands for subscriber identity module. So this is the thing that gives your phone its unique identity on a cellular network. When you buy a new phone, your SIM card moves over to that. All your data gets, you know, plopped onto that phone and you're good to go. So what the hackers do, it, it, they're not stealing the chip, but they're actually stealing your phone number. They're able to transfer your phone number to a different phone that has a different SIM card. They can now gain access to your email, to your social media, online storage accounts, all that kind of stuff. That is scary that, that it's that easy just because they get your phone number. How does that work? How do, how do they do that? Yeah, yeah. So, so as the Business Week article explains, and I think they left out probably a couple of key details because I don't think they were intending, as I am not intending to give you a, a criminals, a step-by-step -step learning lesson on how to do this. But from what they described, it's as simple as clicking a forgot my password on a website oh, that gives you the option of verifying your identity with a texted code. So now whoever enters the code uh, that gets texted is presumed to be the uh, account holder. Right. Because all they need is they just need your phone number and you get that. Everybody's gotten that text. Yeah. Right. On their phone. Okay. And in some cases they don't even need to, to change the password and it's, Oh, it's really, it seems like insanely easy and uh, so easy, in fact, that since this was the second time this happened to Turpin, he actually sued uh, AT&T uh, in the aftermath, and we'll get back to all this, for $224 million for failing to protect his data. 
Uh, and in the complaint, he basically described it as he said, what AT&T did was like a hotel giving a thief with a fake ID, a room key, and a key to the room safe uh, to steal jewelry in the safe from its rightful owner, or even worse, these are his words, simply handing over the same keys to a known imposter when someone slipped them a $20 bill. So I'm going to explain a little bit more what he's getting at uh, in, in a little while. So he basically sued AT&T. He lost $24 million in coin, but he's suing AT&T for 10 times that amount. And he's not the bad guy, though. Wait, he's not even the bad he's guy. He's still yet. not the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> so his money was stolen from him. Yeah. If you, for those keeping score at home, Turpin is the good guy in this story. We're not even at the bad guys yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. And I'm about to tell you all about the bad guys. The bad guys, in very simple terms, are a band of assholes. Uh, now, now we know, uh, uh, you know, most criminals probably could be described that way, but these guys were, they're really jerks. They're these young cyberpunks who are not only jerks to the people that they're robbed from, but they're, they're jerks to each other. Um, I wouldn't call them friend. Maybe frenemy is the best way to phrase it. Yeah. First of all, I just want to name my band, band of assholes. I just, just... <laughs> So I just I'm I've written that down in my my list of band names. But thank you. So these guys, I got a copyright. That. Yeah. Okay. So so explain this to me. How how did they how did they how were they bad to even to each other? So okay. So these guys picture like the crypto bro douche, and 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 there you have that that that's the image. Mm. But they're this uh, confederacy of guys who are like. They say they're friends, but they they screw with each other, and they screw with each other in very very expensive ways. Um, like for instance, there was one uh, friend. A bunch of them were taking this VIP trip to Coachella, and everyone kicked in thirty grand for for the whole deal, which involved. Uh, staying at this super luxe mansion. So they go to the show, and then this one guy, they thought it'd be hilarious not to give him the address of the mansion that they were staying in and that he paid for, and they really didn't give it to him. So they left him, like, to his own devices to figure out where to stay, and then, like, not only that, later they would, like, uh, you know, mess with him and tell him how Post Malone and Haley Bieber were at the after party. And dude, you should have been there, but oh, sorry, we didn't send you the address. Like, right. you know, sorry, you know, and he also put in 30,000, which is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just shitty. Um, yeah. This guy, the guy that was the victim uh, of this prank is named Nicholas Truglia, but don't feel too bad for him because we finally gotten to the bad guy. Oh, Okay. I'm Charlotte Alter, and this is Person of the Week, a new show from Time about the people who shape our world and the forces that shape them. As a senior correspondent for Time, if there's one thing I've learned, it's that to understand our world, you need to understand the people who influence it. So this summer, I'll be having more conversations with the humans behind the headlines, a lot more, and I'm bringing them to you firsthand. Are you ready to meet Time's Person of the Week? Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. So Truglia is the type of guy who's 
flaunting $100,000 Rolexes. He's tweeting pictures of himself on private planes, shopping for McLarens. Uh, He tells anyone who will listen how he's made tens of millions of dollars in crypto. Sounds like a wonderful person. Yeah, just just a great guy. Sweetheart of a guy. Yeah. (laughs) So one night he's hanging out in his luxury apartment in New York City, and there's this other guy who's sort of like in this crew. His name is Chris David. He starts asking him questions about, all his dough and uh, where the crypto comes from. And they start talking about SIM swapping. And Chris David asks Truglia, you know, what, what was your biggest score? And before Truglia answers, David turns the recorder on his phone. Secretly or did he, was he aware that? He was not aware. Okay. Um, so, uh, so David is recording this conversation now. I'm not sure why exactly, but he was. And uh, Triglia starts talking about this big Turpin heist, bragging about $24 million they stole. And he says, quote, that was funny about how he stole all this guy's money. So Mm. great guy. Now, uh, speaking of Turpin, he's not happy about losing $24 million in crypto. Uh, and is not the kind of guy who's going to go down quietly. So he starts doing media interviews, trashing AT&T. He's getting very loud about the crime that was committed, about the lack of cybersecurity. And this is when he starts to receive tips Mm. about who might have scammed him, especially when he makes it clear that he will pay for information that helps him get his money back. Then he really starts getting tips. He gets a huge tip from someone who calls himself Sauce. (laughs) Now, Sauce explains that he belongs to a a group called Community, which is a group of teenagers who are sim swappers uh, who work out of the U.S., the U.K., and Ireland. So he tells Turpin that there's two members of Community, Nick Truglia and another guy named Joseph O'Connor, He says they were the ones who robbed him. So these guys in the community are not too quiet about their crimes. Like, no, no, no. And, uh, you know, the, the, the article doesn't make it clear why they're doing this. I don't know if they start to get worried that they're about to get, you know, pulled into something. So they think if I share information, I'll exonerate myself. Maybe, as I said, he was paying for information. Not sure exactly why. Because also at this time, this guy, Chris David, also contacts Turpin. And after some back and forth, he explains the recording he had of Truglia bragging about the crime. And Turpin eventually convinces David to turn the recordings over to the FBI. Now, is it your understanding that he got, maybe Chris David got a little bit of money for doing that? All I know is that uh, that it was, uh, quote, made clear that he would uh, pay for information. All right. So now the FBI is on to something. What, what happens next? So those guys are involved, but Turpin then gets another tip that says, yes, Truglia was involved, but the real mastermind behind the crime is a guy called Pi. I love these names. These names are ridiculous. These names are good, man. You got Band of Assholes. You got, <laughs> you got Community. 
Okay, so you got a tipster named Sauce. Yeah, these are good names. Okay, so Pi. Who's Pi? Yeah, when you hear the name Pi, I mean, Pi sounds like a nice thing, but you also maybe picture some, like, big, fat, tough guy and, yeah. you know, he ate a slice of pie after he just shot somebody or something. That's how he got his nickname. But this is not the case. <laughs> pie was a 15-year-old kid uh, named oh Ellis Kinski from Irvington, New York. Uh, that's my hometown. The- what the heck? Irvington, New York? That's where I <laughs> spent some of my formative years that let just to set the scene here this is a a modest suburb of new york city probably 40 minutes outside of new york city nice little suburban community yeah okay so we're not really known for uh producing criminals not the not no not the rough and tumble the back alleys of uh gritty gotham city so yeah 15 year old kid uh he was a gamer and he got into hacking he gets into sim swapping. He's pretty good at it. He finds that like waiting on hold with customer service and doing this stuff. It's all like kind of annoying. Uh, so he finds a new method that's a lot easier than the password resets and other trickery. He just starts bribing cell serve company employees. So he wrote a script to scrape Twitter for mentions of people who work at uh, cell companies like, you know, someone might write, oh, just finish my shift at AT AT&T or something like that. And it's these mentions and he starts DMing these people to see if they're willing to, um, you know, be bribed in order to, uh, you know, share phone numbers and do this SIM swapping. And he told authorities, spoiler alert, that 10 percent of the people he contacted said yes. Whoa. This kind of proves the premise of our initial conversation here that everybody's a little corrupt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so so Pi has this online partner named Harry, quote unquote Harry. Mm-hmm. Not as good a name as Pi, but. No, I thought it'd be like cheese pick, cheesecake or something, but okay, go on. So Pi and Harry end up bribing an AT&T employee for a few hundred bucks to perform the big SIM swap with Turpin. So a couple of hundred bucks and they pocket $24 million. Whoa. So it's pretty good investment. But actually what happened was once they uh, uh, broke into his accounts, you know, there was, as I said, there was like 50 different wallets and they realized that they needed help transferring some of the crypto because there was different types of coins and uh, for other complicated reasons. So they reach out to the community uh, to see who's willing to help. And Trulia was uh, one of the hackers who raised his hand. So that's how he got involved. Uh, So he wasn't the initial uh, hacker. No, he was just... They, they they described it as a, a kind of bucket brigade to to get all this uh, crypto out mm. as quickly as possible. And of course, the idea is you're going to take it out and then you're going to give it back to us and we'll give you a cut, blah, blah, blah. So, of course, Truglia decides to keep $800,000 of it for himself. He's not giving it back. Uh, Pi is not happy. Um, you know, things, it doesn't, it doesn't really go well. Mm. It never does with the greedy. So remember, there was that big tip-off that came to Turpin alerting him to Pi? Yeah. As I said, Turpin is not the kind of guy who's just going to let this stuff slide. They find out who Pi is and unleash 
holy hell via his lawyers on Pi and his family. And after a few months, just a few months after the scam, uh, Pinsky, Pi's real name, and his mom uh, get some very scary emails from Turpin's lawyers. Uh, the jig is up. Uh, they're, uh, they're screwed. It's over. Oh, man. I cannot imagine being in that Irvington uh, kitchen that yeah. morning, the morning that the morning that the mother receives a letter and says, honey, were you? <laughs> what do you know about pie? Oh, my God. What is this? Yeah. Yes. So so the jig was up and, and here's here's how it all plays out. I'm going to I'm going to bounce around a little bit because there's this is where it gets very twisty and turny. But okay. here are the broad strokes. So our main man, Pi, uh, avoided criminal charges because because uh, he was under probably because he was underage uh, during this cybercrime phase. What about Juvie? All right, whatever. Back in the day, people he would have gone to Juvie. So what happened to him? He doesn't go to Juvie. He just gets he just gets off scot free. So he sort of he he agreed he returns all of what's left of what they stole from the hack. And uh, our our guy Turpin is like, fuck that, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, waits for Pinsky to turn eighteen, and then sues him, uh, labels him as a baby Al Capone in an interview with the New York Post, wow, and calls him all manner of scumbag. He says, you know, he looks like he's got a baby face. He's just this kid who didn't know any better, but. He knew plenty, and he stole a lot of money. So a judge agrees with Turpin, and in October of 2022, uh, Pinsky agreed to pay Turpin $22 million in damages on top of what he already had handed over. So he obviously had some money in the bank, yeah, to be able to pay that kind of thing. You know, I, I don't know if he had it or he's agreed that yeah. he's going to pay it. <laughs> uh, but right now, baby Al Capone is uh, a student at NYU. Oh, that must have been his essay. That must have been his uh, the subject of his essay. How I ripped off Mr. Turpin for $22 million. Yeah. To whoever's roommate is, do not share your Netflix password with this kid. <laughs> he's studying uh, computer science and philosophy. Mm. So who knows? Maybe he's going to turn his life around. Let's hope. Let's hope. Truglia pleaded guilty to federal wire fraud charges. He was sentenced to 18 months and was told to pay Turpin the first $20 million of what he owed. Then he was on release. While he was on release, he committed more crimes and was sent to a holding facility in Oklahoma. So I don't, I don't think things are going to turn out good. Straighten up for this. Sounds like he's in a downward spiral. Now this guy, Harry, Harry was never caught. Hmm. Harry Houdini. Right. So... <laughs> He might have gotten caught for some other crime that he surely committed by now. Uh, maybe he's free. Nobody knows. And now our main man, Turpin. Uh, so his suit against AT&T was thrown out by a federal judge in California. Uh, the judge noted that AT&T wireless customers sign a contract that, among other things, limits the company's liability for losses and damage. And that the agreement also explicitly warns that the company can't guarantee the security of a user's personal information. John, does that make you feel all warm and cuddly inside? 
Yeah. So when I sign up for a cell service uh, or any service of that nature, I'm basically signing away every one of my rights. This, I think there was a, a black mirror about this recently. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. So one one uh, detail that I didn't give was that when they finally when they got into Turpin's phone and they were, uh, you know, rooting around to try to find things, I believe they found uh, some of these key things in his trash. I don't know exactly what the lesson in all of this, other than everyone is terrible, mm-hmm. but I think one of the lessons is uh, if you've got like a folder on your computer marked passwords, <laughs> uh, delete it. <laughs> you know, I-, I would keep that shit offline because someone's going to figure out a way to well, get it. Sounds to like it. even if you delete stuff, they're going to find it anyway. Delete, delete. Yeah, if you, you can know, delete, delete. Just- I mean, or encrypt. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, you know, we're. I don't think we really realize sometimes how vulnerable we are because we have this thing that we walk around with all day. This phone, it tracks us. Yeah, we get so used to you know having literally everything we want at the at the tap of a finger, and we want it quickly, and we don't want to do passwords, and we don't want to do two step authentication, and all that kind of stuff. Right. yeah, next time you're 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 growling over two-step authentication, just know you could be turpin. It, it, it's not good. It's not good, but I've I've given the 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 broad strokes of this story, so I definitely encourage you if you if you want to get more of the nitty-gritty details, um, you know, look up this story on Business Weeks. Yeah, no, we'll put we'll put a link to the story in the description so you guys can uh, can you can click on the story. Yeah, and well, I'll hide it in my trash, and then if you can <laughs> sim swap away onto my computer, you can find that link. And if anybody's interested in sim swapping, um, <laughs> I probably shouldn't. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that. So, John, what, there's a, there's a couple of villains in this story, but on a on a scale, let, let's put Mastermind Pi. Yeah. On a scale of on the Bernie Madoff scale, where where do you put him? You know, it's a bad crime, but there's something about what he actually stole because I still don't have a total a total belief in cryptocurrency, especially after events of the last few years. To me, it's not as horrible as if he had actually stolen actual cash money. So I'm going to give him a six on the scale. Mm-hmm. He didn't kill anybody. He's underage. Plus, he's from my hometown of Irvington. What's up, Irvington? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to give him a six. Wow. Okay. What about you? Are hmm. You know, I uh, I agree that no one was was murdered. Yeah. Um. So I'll, I'll give him some points for that. You know, I'm from New York, but I'm not gonna give him. I'm not gonna give him any cred for also <laughs> being from New York. So, <laughs> I mean, when you read the story, you know, he does seem contrite, and it seems like something he realized he could do and did it being a stupid kid and not really realizing, Oh crap, what did I just do? But I'm also not going to give him that. So I'm going to give him an eight because fuck man, $24 million of someone else's money. Shit. Yeah. You're probably, you're a little more ruthless than I am. And maybe, maybe I just woke up on the right side of the bed this morning, (laughs) (laughs) but that's a great, that's a crazy story. I'm not really sure what to do. I'm looking at my phone now and thinking that I'm never going to pick it up again. Yeah. I think that let's all go back to flip phones. I think that's, uh, that's, yeah. It's crazy, man. Well, 
that's why that's the service that we provide. We let people know of these crazy things that are, and then we give them absolutely no advice about how to protect themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's kind of how we roll. That's the dirty money promise. <laughs> Something to be scared about and there's nothing you there's can nothing do. Nothing you can do, but it's a terrible world out there. No uh, oh, man. And with that, please give us a five-star rating and tell all your friends to listen to Dirty Money. We got we got dirtier, filthier stories on the way. We do. The filth keeps coming. And yes, and please do rate and review us. It goes a long way for helping other people discover the podcast. You know, there's a lot of podcasts out there, but those reviews and ratings are really helpful. So if you like what you heard, we'd really appreciate it. And uh, Dan, until we meet again. Until the next crime, uh, as always, I'm going to go Purell my hands and maybe take a shower and hug my children. Didn't we have a sign-off we came up with? Like, keep it clean, everybody, or something. Stay clean, everyone. (laughs) I forgot. Stay clean, yes. Something like that. Stay clean, everyone. You know what? Leave us a leave us a comment. Uh, the first person who gets the winning uh, sign off for Dirty Money, we're going to give you a free subscription to Entrepreneur Magazine. I love that. That is that is a great contest. So you can leave it in the comments uh, for this podcast. Wherever you get podcasts, we will we will read them and we will and we will award you with a free subscription to Entrepreneur Magazine. All right, Johnny, keep it clean. I'll see you next week. All right, Dan. Purell it, baby. That was a terrible, terrible sign off. Purell it, baby. <laughs> <laughs>